The following podcast was produced from a show that originally aired in 2002. Hi, I'm Marion McPartland. My guest today on Piano Jazz is vibraphonist and composer Stefan Harris. He's a musician of great vitality and brilliance. He's destined for a long and creative career, blazing new trails on marimba and vibes and gathering high praise from his peers as he goes along the way. I think a lot is happening for you, isn't it, Stefan? Thank you, yeah, things have been really great. I have no complaints whatsoever. Well, that's nice to hear. Most people do have, but <laughs> you've 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 been doing a lot of recording. I see, like the something new with Jackie Terrason. Yeah, our latest record is called uh, Kindred. That was a lot of fun. It was very spontaneous. You know, we had very sparse arrangements, but we knew that our goal going in was to height to highlight communication, like very loose. A lot of the soloing on there, it's not like one person taking a featured solo. It's a uh, we're trying to have our two minds function as one. And not necessarily trading where I play, then you play, I play, then you play, where really I may play three notes, he might play four, and then I might play two. And that total of nine notes would be one phrase as opposed to back and forth. It's very exciting to listen to, uh, in, in, in fact. Um, well, how about your folks? Were, you, were your parents musical? Or? I, I don't really come from a musical family, but my brother did play some trumpet. Um, but we moved into this apartment, and someone left an old piano behind, and uh, inside the bench of the piano, there were these music books, and they had great pictures of the keys with the little notes written on each key, so when I was in kindergarten or so, I was able to like look at the picture and end up learning all the notes on the piano. My and, goodness. And I taught myself how to read music like that. <laughs> You're a genius. Oh, I don't know about Boy, that. Boy, I <laughs> could never have done that. I'm still a terrible reader. You probably... Probably a very good reader, but somebody that can teach themselves to read, I don't think I would have been able to read at all if I hadn't studied the violin for a few years, and um, so at least I can read the top line. Right. <laughs> and it's funny, I, I learned differently as a result of teaching myself. I learned through the eyes of a, of a, a seven-year-old kid, a six-year-old kid. So like I knew all of my chords, like triads. Uh, except I didn't know them according to, well, this in the key of D-flat major, you have this flat and that. All I did was count the spaces in between the notes. So I knew all of my major triads in any key, and all I had to remember for that was 3-2, because in between the first two notes, there are three spaces, and between the second two notes, there are two. So Boy. I knew them all the keys. <laughs> <laughs> You're really something. Well, well, you went to the Manhattan School? Yeah, I started at the uh, Eastman School of Music. I went there for one year, and then I ended up transferring and doing my undergraduate and graduate work at Manhattan School of Music. That's my second home, um, Rochester, being at Eastman. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it up there. Yeah, and, and what happened at Eastman was I, that was the first time that I heard Charlie Parker. Oh. Yeah, and, and it doesn't take much more than that. There was a great record called Now's the Time, and uh, some students sat me down and played me that record and started to explain to me what goes in, what's maybe going through the mind of a jazz musician just in terms of understanding the harmony, being able to hear every little subtle change and respond to it, respond to the drummer, and Charlie Parker might play a quote for a friend who walked in the door. and just I was just amazed by how spiritually liberated he was in the music. And after, after I heard that, I said, okay, I need to go to New York so I can be a little bit closer to this music. So that made you pick up and leave, and, and you went to the Manhattan School then? Right. And I, I was at the time, I was a classical major. I had a great foundation in classical music coming from Albany. There's a fantastic uh, 
organization there called the Empire State Youth Orchestra. Oh, terrific. Which I had phenomenal teachers. As an eighth grader, I was studying Sonata Allegra form, Beethoven symphonies. So I had a phenomenal foundation in music. And uh, when I went on to Manhattan School, I, I was a classical major. And then for grad school, I majored in jazz. Didn't you find it in the beginning that um, getting away from the classical side and improvising was a little hard, or did you just fall naturally into it? I don't know. Sometimes I think people are who they are from the beginning. Like, you know, I, I played a lot of classical music, and there was something in it that was really so beautiful for me, especially like playing in the, in the symphony orchestra. It's like that massive sound, like 70 people, and you're this one person, but somehow when you're playing the timpani, you feel like you're playing, like you're creating that massive sound. It's such a beautiful feeling. Oh, and when you're playing the tim timpani, you have to kind of wait for your spot, don't you? Right. <laughs> but when you do play, oh, my goodness, is one. So uh, I really enjoyed that. But I think deep inside, I was always a free spirit. I always wanted to phrase it my own way. It certainly sounds like it to me. Well, how did you get out of there and start? When was your first gig? Um, one of my first gigs was with Max Roach. Wow. Yeah. That must have been good. Oh, man, that was something else. That's, that's like the favorite. My, the thing that I'm most grateful in terms of my career is that I've had the chance to really work with some incredible musicians, and I've, I've had fantastic mentors. So my introduction into the, the working world of jazz was in a, a very open environment, and, and Max would always be like, play your own thing. You don't have to play bebop. You don't have to play any style. The reason I have you here is to find your own voice. So from the beginning, I was encouraged to break the rules, and it was just fantastic. Well, you're such a free and easy player, and you have, you have such mastery of both instruments. I would think it would be v very easy for you to do something I love to do once in a while. Like and That's a totally free thing where we just go our own way and see what happens. <laughs> All right, we'll go our own way and hopefully we'll meet somewhere oh, down the yeah, road. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll meet somewhere. Let's try, let's do it. All right.
boy, that was kind of wild. It had a couple of little, there were little themes in there, right. <laughs> weren't there? You know, if I were to play that back, I could pick out something. Right. One, one of you that you were talking about, you know, your little short phrases. We definitely met a few times on the road. Yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> this, this is great. <laughs> special, special day for me. I really had a ball. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. To hear the full piano jazz broadcast, tune in to your NPR station or stream the program online at pianojazz.npr.org. Piano Jazz is a production of South Carolina Public Radio.